0: Welcome to another episode of the Market in the Cupcakes podcast. We got a great, great Whale Talk episode. I'm with my guy, Frank Nataloni from Kitchens by Curio. Uh, great guy. We met uh, at a local business, and we hit it off right away, connected on Instagram. Frank, how you doing, man? Good, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. So thanks, thanks for agreeing to be on this. Like for people that don't know what Whale Talk is, it's just a conversation with business people that's been doing it for a long time consistently because I like to share what I like to call the LVW, the long, lonely, born work that it takes to become successful. So I just wanna know a little bit about your journey. Tell us about Curio, how it came to be, what it is, what do you guys do, and then we'll just go from there.
1: So Curio came to be because my brother started in the mid 70s, his name is Curio. And he started doing projects one at a time. He'd, he'd install them in the morning and in the afternoon he'd sell them. Awesome. And for 10 years, he did that primarily by himself. Uh, I worked there a little bit as I was younger then. And in the early 80s, I came into full time. That's when we moved to Boston Road in Springfield. And I said, well, I'll try it and see what happens, see if I like it. And and that was 40 years ago. Sweet. So so now we have uh in February we'll be 50 years in business. And uh-huh. we've uh, we focus on kitchens and bathrooms, anything that has to do with cabinetry, uh could be new construction, could be renovation, and we do the whole gamut, design build.
0: That's awesome. So working with your brother, what's what's that like? That must be an interesting dynamic.
1: Yeah, so we, there's 16 years between us. Okay. I think that was the biggest benefit that we could have had because when I first came into the business, he already was established. There was no question who was number one and who was number two. And, and we just went with that. And then over time, it went from being number one and number two to being, you know, number one and a half to number one and a quarter. You know, it sort of balanced out over time. Uh, he still uh, comes in just about every single day. Uh, he doesn't uh, focus in on the day-to-day operations. That's myself and my nephew do that. And uh, it's, we just built it over time. And, you know, we have to uh, give thanks a little bit to our, our parents because they showed us. They were hardworking. And we really have had... <laughs> Very, very few issues over 50 years wow. that we couldn't settle over a conversation.
0: That's amazing. I, so that, that tells me that you guys, first of all, grew up in Love and Home, where love was the number, yeah. most important thing. And it, you know, A lot of people don't understand the power of that. And I'm, I'm happy that you said that because when my sons listen to this, I, I want them to hear that because that's one of my biggest dreams for them is that they are able to work together because I tell them all the time, you know, one's a left brain thinker, one's a right brain thinker. They're a year and a half apart. So that may be the tension. And I, I, I'm glad you said that too. Um, but to, to be able to, to be able to solve, and you didn't say nothing came up, but you said everything was able to be, uh, handled over a conversation over dinner. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That, that brings me into what I want to ask next. 50, 50 years, man. Like they say most businesses don't make it past five. So if, if you were telling someone that's, that's struggling in business right now or just getting, getting going, or even someone that's doing pretty decent, like what would you say some of the main keys to longevity is?
1: Well, just to go back to my relationship with my brother for a moment. So at one point in time, I had to recognize that if my brother said something to me that bothered me or whatever, it was too hard to, whatever the case may be, I had to realize that he didn't love me less because he said that. Okay? He just had to say it because it needed to be said, however he would say it. So I think that was the adjustment that I had to make. And then once I made that adjustment, then he adjusted. Got it. You follow? So So I, I, I wanted to say that because that really was an important factor in us lasting all this time is, our relationship and how we can, you know, could we communicate better? Of course, everybody can do better. But what happens is we were always able to work through things and we respected each other. We may have said things that weren't, you know, the best to each other, but we didn't take it personally. That's the key. Okay, you know, and that was the adjustment that I had to make, you know. But, okay, so getting back to 50 years, persistence. Hmm if you're not persistent, forget it. You can't go whatever uh, because there are going to be good times. There are going to be bad times. You have to be willing to, you know, walk through it. You know what I mean? And understand that maybe today is not so good. Tomorrow's a better day. It could be a better day or you make it a better day. You That's know it. what I mean? So the persistence, um, trying to quote unquote, uh, live within your means to manage the business. So, hey, if you, had, you did really well, don't go out and spend all of it. Okay. Keep something because next month may not be the same. So we were always very conservative that way. Um, not to say we didn't go out and enjoy ourselves in that, but we always understood that what happens is just because it's like this today doesn't guarantee next week, next month is going to be the same so you have to always understand that things are going to happen and and you have to be versatile enough to adapt to them so persistence being you know fairly you know I'm not going to say frugal but you have to understand what your where your money's going right managing you your know? finances yeah, yeah exactly and um you know, just keep going. I think persistence is by far the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people um, underestimate the power of persistence. Yeah. I think sometimes we watch the movies and we go, oh man, this boy, they did it, they hit it out the park. Hmm. Yeah, but I always like to say movies are like, 60 to 120 minutes whatever two hours condensed of like what happened over a lifetime right so they show the highlights but is is that persistence is one of those keys when it comes to the long lonely born work oh yeah because you have to be dedicated to it and you have to do it when no one's watching it, and there's no kudos for it no so I, i think that's i think that's amazing so what's your role in the company
1: so my role right now is uh Uh, design sales. Okay. Uh, That's the first role because you need to, you know, you know, you need to turn the wheel. So in order to turn the wheel, you have to sell something. So that designing and the selling aspect is my primary role. Then we go to, you know, the project management of the job because the sale is only the beginning. It's the introduction. Now you got to follow through and do the job. And you got to do the job. You know, above all else, the two things you have to do is maintain your level of quality and you have to take care of your customer. Okay. And I tell my nephew all the time, I said, listen, we have to keep our level of quality, okay? Even if the client doesn't understand what that is, Mm. because it's for those people you keep your level of quality. And if you focus in on that, then they're gonna get more than what they asked for. Got it. And that keeps you that keeps you at a high level, okay? As my brother would always say, listen, if you don't aim for 10, you're never gonna get an eight or a nine, you know? So you have to aim <laughs> to do the best, you know? He's, uh, you know, he used to quote my grandmother, okay, to me because I never really knew her and he helped raise her, him, uh, when he was in Italy. So, and now to my nephew, which it's his son, I quote him. Got it. Okay? Okay. So what happens is these are all things you, you know, you don't think about, uh, but you learn over time and said, look, these are important. Yeah. You know?
0: Huh. So, wait, aim for a 10. You can't get an eight or nine if you don't aim for a 10. Correct. That's true. That's yeah. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. That's that. So, we, I mean, before we started recording, we were talking about, you know, five star and giving an excellent customer service. Um, I, I wanna talk about that real quick, but I wanna I wanna also ask you about sales. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying this so I go back to right. two things, customer service and sales. But I want to talk sales first. So a lot of people, especially people just starting out, they're afraid of selling. They're afraid of pitching, they're afraid of sharing what, what they have to offer. Like how did how did you get into sales and what do you think makes a great salesperson?
1: Listening. If you don't listen to your client, it doesn't matter because that person's coming to you to uh, and that'll help you overcome your fear of sales. If you listen to the client, they'll tell you what their need is or what their problem is. Now you as a salesperson, your job is to figure out a way to solve the problem. So if you don't listen to what they have to say then what happens is it's almost impossible for you to solve the problem. Right. So take the focus off yourself, put it on that person who is willing to come to you. Okay, think about it. Someone like in our business, someone has to get in their car, drive to our showroom, go back, go past a number of other businesses that sell products that we do and walk in the door. Okay? It's true. Okay, it's, it's you don't think of about, but that's a lot of effort and energy now, when they come in, it's your job to listen to what their issue is because if you go off and say, well, I'm good at this and I'm good at this and I can do this and I can do this, that's all wonderful. But if you don't understand what their problem is, then, then you're talking, but you're not, or you're hearing it, but you're not listening. Mm. You know, follow? So I think for me, listening to the client is by far the biggest thing. And then, you know, you have to follow through, you know? Those
0: are very, very key points, and I hope the audience caught that, uh, which was a great answer. And you're right. If you if you learn to listen, then it's, you're just playing past the ball. If 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 someone comes to, comes to you and say, "Hey, I'm looking for a red blank hoodie," mm-hmm. Now I was, "Oh, we have a wide selection of red hoodies over here." But if you if someone walks in the dorm, and you, like, "Hey, I got some jeans for you, and I got hats," and they, they're like, "Wait, now you feel like a a, a, a like a snake oil salesperson," mm-hmm. and that's because you you're just trying to you worrying about your sales goals or whatever it is you got going mm-hmm. on and if you flip that and you just listen and you make a suggestion and you close more deals I, that's that that's exactly um, the approach that I take to sales too and I think like it's for it's funny because for a long time I hated sales mm. and then I cuz it always felt like icky mm. and then when I when I realized that you know sales is about sharing it's not even a, like you said it's not about you it's about you they need this, you have that, tell them where to go get it, it's, it's, it's really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So for you, how, how did you get into sales?
1: So, let's see, the first time I got into sales, um, I was, uh, well, you know, I used to sell newspapers, that's how I got into sales, in order to, you know, they'd have contests and, hey, you have 20, you deliver 20 newspapers, if you, if you got another five people, you know, you'd get a little prize or whatever. And that was the beginning and I was probably, I don't know, I delivered the newspaper for from fourth grade to eighth grade. Yeah. So that was the beginning for me and and I didn't even know what I was doing. I just said, I wanted the prize at the end. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, then later in life, I got into, uh, uh, you know, before I came here, I used to work for a company called Belk Leggett, which kind of like a Macy's type of thing all below um, the Mason-Dixon line, all in down south. And I learned a little bit there and I just educated myself. I wanted to be better. And by wanting, you know, I went to Dale Carnegie, I went to different things, so I would be better at what I like doing. I like people, I like solving problems, so sales Mm. was actually an easy fit for me. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: that's Like people, like solving problems, good at listening. Uh, You you, you guys are learning the cheat code to being a great salesperson right here. If if you don't get anything else from that, those last three things he said was major, just so you know. Your bank account, <laughs> your bag just got bigger if you listen. <laughs> That's real real talk. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I want to I go back to, to customer service because yeah. I'm, I'm big on customer yeah. service. One of the things, I, I have this thing, in the, this, I have a worm tools workbook that I put out, and, and in this workbook, I have a, a one-page business action plan. Mm-hmm. And a part of that business action plan is to p- get people to create what I call a customer service plan. Mm-hmm. Like, no one ever has a customer service plan. So I, I wanna talk customer service. Why right. is that important to you? And how do you think your customer service is lended to you,
1: helping you guys last uh, 50 years? Well, I think the customer service, why it's important because that's the follow-up, okay? Anyone, I shouldn't say anyone can make a sale, but once you've made the sale, okay, that's only the beginning process. The beginning of the process of the complete sale. The second part of that is the service. Do you, can you get the cabinets in a timely fashion? Can you uh, make sure that the plumber is there? I mean, these are customer service things to make the project go smooth. And basically you're trying to do all these things to help the customer customer services the same as the selling thing you're learning what the customer needs and your job as the customer service person is to try to solve those problems the best way you can you know so if you're listening to them and then understanding what their problem is you can say oh mrs smith uh, i 'll have Michael go over there tomorrow, and he 'll adjust those doors for you, so Saturday when you have the party, mm. everything 's going to look mm. good okay and even though that 's not written in what we were supposed to do, we knew that was important to the client right and And so we did what we needed to do if I had to go back and look on the spec sheet and say well we 're not we already adjusted them once that 's enough, okay. That's not good customer service. Okay, because sometimes you have to go beyond the words, and you have to do what's necessary to solve the problem for the client. And now they have a warm fuzzy feeling. That's it. You know what I mean, and that just kind of builds itself.
0: Yeah. No. So, and what what happens with that too? When you talk about marketing and when you talk about advertising, I. Standout truck is my business, and, I'm, and I self-advertise in the marketing. That's what I do,
1: and I see it.
0: <laughs> I do, but, but I, I tell what you just said right there, and I, I'm once again you're dropping a lot of what I like to call cupcakes. Um, going back to tweak that door for the client because she has a party on Saturday, and she knows, and you know that, and that right there is marketing and advertising gold, yeah. because. A satisfied customer, Not you want to talk about a five-star review, you get some satisfied customers talking to people about what you do. Because mm-hmm. now, let's call that lady Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones, now she hears her best friend Betty saying she wants some doors installed. Oh, my God. No, you guys have to call Curio. Uh, matter of fact, tell Frank I told you uh, to, to give him a call, and he's going to take care of you. There's no sale need to be, not, you you go automatically in listen mode. What is mm-hmm. it you need? Okay, Betty, okay, and then both. Now she may end up spending more money than Mrs. Jones spent with you over the last 15 years because who knows why. But in 10, 15, 20 of Mrs. Jones, I mean, that is what every business needs. Like Because when you have brand ambassadors like that, that go on advocating about your products and services. You, you just, I mean, talking about a wealth of like you, you tapping into when it comes to ROI. Um, but you can't cheat that. Mm-hmm. That only comes from consistent five-star service. That only comes from consistently taking care of your customers. That only comes from consistently listening to your, your customers. And like you said, after the, the follow-up, uh, continue fi- figuring out ways that you can serve them. And then now you start to get those automatic deals coming in the door.
1: So to just to follow up on that, so now I have clients that I've done business with who, you know, they will refer, refer me. But they'll also call me up and they say, hey, I need this special service, and it's in the remodeling world, okay? So now I'm then uh, handing it off to someone Said, say, look, you need to call, you know, Mike because Mike is the guy to do the wallpaper, the painting, the masonry, whatever it is, okay? And now I'm helping my guy, and my guy appreciates that uh, I've helped them, and they go out of the way and they say, hey, Frank told me to give you a call. Okay, I'm gonna take care of you. Tell me what your problem is. Okay, because I'm gonna follow through because Frank told me. That's it, that's it. take care of
0: you. Now, now, what you you said there, building a network and then i i i love having these conversations because to me this is like yes these are things that you do on a daily basis and and hearing someone else say the things is always like relaxing I, I i always try to teach especially young people the the power of building a strong network like you you can go it's like a saying you know if you want to go Fast, go by yourself if you want to go far go with others how important I want you to ex- expand on that network how, like how important is it to build a strong network for your business
1: and, and helping others in, in my business it's it's a key element because what happens is I can't do everything so I need people that are going to aim for the 10 just like I would and and then they're going to do the work then everything is designed to help the client right so if i'm not there i have this person who's going to this carpenter who's going to oh frank he said that we needed to do this explains it to the client client says well can we do this and they'll say well i think frank will be okay with that or if it's an issue they're on the phone they give me a call i come down and meet and sort of square the problem away but you know, you can only do so much, right. okay, and you need a strong network of people because without a strong network of people, it's hard to grow. Yeah, yeah, 1,000%.
0: I want to rewind a little bit. I want to I go back to your brother starting this business. I, I, I want to understand, like, how, how did he start, why did he start, you know, what, what was the reasoning behind it? Did, did, you get a, did you guys have a rich
1: uncle that gave him the money
0: to start it? Like, what, what, how did it come to be?
1: Um No, we didn't have a rich uncle. Okay. Uh, He started the business out of the basement of our house. We had a little small ranch and he started making cabinets and because the door to the basement was only so big, he would make the cabinets, take them apart, go outside, put them back together again, and then deliver them to the job site. Wow. Okay. So he literally made them twice in order to do the job and that's how we started and then one thing led to another. Uh, He basically uh, sought out different vendors, okay, part of the network who would make the cabinets up to his specifications. So then he went into the design end of the business and so he started designing projects and he had a very good knack for it. He won several national awards. So he's he's got, you know, not only is he talented, he worked at it, and he's got the credentials to say that he was good at it, Mm. okay? So he started and, you know, little by little, he built and grew. I mean, he probably, um, I think he tells the story, Uh, he was working construction at the time and he was doing this on the side. And then the construction company called him up and said, hey, listen, we have, uh, you know, it's, winter's over, we have some jobs coming up. Can you start tomorrow? And he said, well, I just took this lady's house apart. Uh, can, I, can I start next Monday? Right? And they said, no, it's either tomorrow or the, you lose the job. Right? Huh. And he said, well, I can't, I just, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta take care of this lady because she gave me money and so on and so forth. So we ended up not going to the construction job, starting it, it, it off on his own, finishing the job for the lady. That lady gave him two or three other jobs, oh. and all of a sudden, now he had a backlog. Huh. You know, so sometimes you start <clears throat> not because you, you wrote a business plan, not because you thought it all clearly. Circumstances of life put you in a position to make that decision to go forward.
0: That's awesome. That's true. I'm glad you said that, too. You're yeah. right. It is true. Sometimes is right. Everything lines up, and then you just you go. You with gotta it. go. Yeah. With it. yeah. And shout out to him for, for putting the customer service first, because he could have left that lady high and dry, and he's like, because I can't I can't do that. There, I gotta right. do, I gotta finish my obligation. Yeah. That's in, that's yeah. 50 years.
1: Yeah. 50 years of that. Yeah.
0: So so did he go to? How did he how, did he learn to, well, how he do learn?
1: Well, he started he started at uh, trade high school okay. in Springfield. He was in the cabinet shop. Um, he liked it. He was good working with his hands and so on. Uh, and then it came to, uh, it came to internship time. Uh, trade. I, I don't know. I'm assuming they probably have something similar to that, but he <laughs> had to do an internship, and the internship was for Friendly's Corporation. Wow! This was in the '60s, and they were, you know, they were building their own stores. They were doing their own remodeling. They had a cabinet shop, et cetera. So he started there, and he worked there, you know, eight to ten months, and by the eighth month he was like running the the job one of the jobs wow. so
0: how old was he it About, was 18 that's amazing
1: you know huh and uh then after that he went into the he went into the army and then when he came back he did a number of different things friendlies uh, didn't work out afterwards but what he learned in that eight to ten months um were is what he built his business on you know, the yeah. skill of planning, um, making sure you have enough material, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that was great. And trade high school for him, uh, you know, paid off 50 That's years amazing. of
0: it. That's amazing. I hope, I hope, and I'm glad you shared that with, with us. And I hope the high school students and in the, in the, in the college students, mainly the high school students, and even middle school students listening, um, realize what you just said there. He picked, he picked his skill up. At Trade High School, mm-hmm. he 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 did the internship, and he saw how it was op, Fanny's operated on such a high level. And not only that, he ended up leading a team. So that means he was very excellent and professional at what he was doing. He didn't say, "Oh, I'm 17, 18. I don't know." He went right in and gave it a, a thousand percent. And that, when you talk about persistence, and then you put that with effort, and you put that with determination and mindset. Then things stack up, so that's why. Because I, I I wanted to I, I wanted you to talk about that a little bit because I want people to understand why that lady ended up giving him those three other jobs afterwards. It was because he was great at what he did. It wasn't by mistake. And that greatness comes from being in a basement, putting mm-hmm. together cabinets, uh, assembling them, and realizing I got you know even though I'm gonna be great down here, and I have to. Honest, disassemble them to get them out and then assemble them again and not complain and and we talk in the basement so this and, and we we live in a the, in, in the cold area so this was in a nice warm area this was this is this was talk about sacrifice like but because but all of those things is what stacks up that becomes success right. all of those things that are what stacks up that becomes clients that becomes five years later ten years later 20 years later 50 years later and that's about doing that consistently and then uh, being able to build a team of people, which I want to talk about next, that have that same kind of work ethic, and then you have yeah. success, and then you have longevity. Yeah.
1: Would you agree? 100%. I think uh, you have to be persistent and keep doing what you're doing, and what happens is if you're, um, you know, if you're consistent at what you're trying to do, your quality, uh, and the job that you're trying to do, that's what's going to take you through it. Uh, that's it. That's it. 1,000%
0: so i want to i want to wrap up on this note i want to talk about a team uh because you talked about your nephew i know i know he's your brother yourself but talk about your team and 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 how you guys um
1: built this business so so again uh when kary was working full time uh, it was he and i doing all the sales but we needed someone who uh could order materials and uh, sort of be our traffic manager and we have a great guy John Kuznir who is like behind us a hundred percent and he supports us and without him again he's a valuable team member uh, without him we couldn't grow okay now we have my nephew in the business and my nephew has one advantage that I didn't have okay that advantage is that he had his father and me who were in business from the get go. So uh, he was always around it. when he was younger, he would help out here and there. But what happens is that example, I think that example that we set, we didn't know was resonating, mm. but it was resonating with him. So he comes into the business and he's very customer oriented I mean, the customers love him because he's, he wants to do a good job and he's willing to, you know, whatever the customer needs to take care of them. And I think you need that want because that's what sets you up to be good good in customer service. Okay. Okay. If you don't have the desire to help someone, you're only gonna be so good at customer service. Sure. So you have to have the desire to try to help someone. And we, we, you know, we tell, you know, our other people, carpenters that we have and so on, you know, take care of that person. If it takes an extra two by four, if an extra t- don't don't even bother calling me because you know what my answer is going to be. Right. Okay. Take care of them. Okay. If we have to order another piece of material, you know that we don't have. Okay. You know, don't be. You know, do it. Okay. Because at the end of the day. I don't want to be in a position where, geez, if we would have put that one molding and changed (laughs) it for the other one, okay, it would be a nice job, you know what I mean? So, uh, again, it it stems from him. Uh, I have to do my part, but everybody's got to do their part, and we all have to sort of understand that if we take care of the client, everything else takes care of everything else. Makes sense. Makes sense. This is great.
0: Frank, this has been amazing. I want to just, in, in closing... I want to ask you one question. If you were to go back and give your young self advice uh, about this fifty year path or what was coming, how would you prepare your
1: young self well that's a that's a <laughs> That's a good question uh um, I would just say, listen. Just keep doing what you're doing. Try to do the right thing all the time. Be persistent um, and understand that it's not always going to be perfect. But if you keep working at it, it'll be better.
0: I appreciate that, yeah. man.
1: Frank, you're the man. All right.
0: Appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you for being on Real Talk. Yeah. Guys, ladies, young men and young women, everybody in between, I, there was, go back and watch us again. You, you, you miss some stuff, I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I love whale talk. I love doing these. Frank was absolutely amazing. Uh, I want to wrap up this way. Time is the most valuable commodity. Thank you for spending some time with us. Until the next episode of the Market and Cupcake podcast, Mike Conley, stand out to our king. Have a great day. Peace.
1: Thank you.